first off, I'm telling him specifically, I'm writing in this document everything about my niche, what I do, and how I'm not comparable to some of these other places. But if he is checking, because obviously assisted livings have a license, nursing home have a license, independents have a license, and they can actually see what those license types are when they pull this information, right? So I want him to compare my license type to other people who have my license type, right? Apples to apples. I have a better option than the dinky RAL. Let me show you how to create a luxury new construction mansion of an assisted living. When I started out in assisted living, nobody had a roadmap for how to build and operate a luxury assisted living. I'm here to document my journey as I grow my business and provide you tips and strategies for you to succeed. Welcome back to Assisted Living Investing with me, your host, Brett Schottkavis. I own and operate Platinum Resort Assisted Living in Georgetown, Texas with my wife, and we have created a beautiful life through this investing vehicle. We've created consistent cash flow and built millions of dollars in equity from each of our assisted livings. We have only been able to do that because we are working with banks, different lenders who are lending millions of dollars on these projects that we're building out. So I wanna to talk to you today about the appraisal. The appraisal is such a vital part of working with the bank. Everything relies on the appraisal and having a appraisal that is fantastic will allow you to get the deal done. But we're going to talk about what things you can do, what kind of steps have I done in preparing for my appraisal and ultimately it is so vital that you nail these appraisals because it can really blow up your deal and ultimately prevent you from moving forward on a particular project. So every bank that you're gonna work with will require an appraisal. They're gonna say, hey, here is an independent third-party company or appraiser who is knows this niche, who's gonna come out and give a value to what your product is now, if you're buying an existing assisted living, or what's the future value of my real estate and or my real estate and business, the future business of what you're gonna build. So if you are gonna use a bank to finance these type of deals, you're gonna have to have an appraisal. It's part of the package. Before they will fund the loan, they're gonna wanna have these numbers back from the appraiser. What's the value of the building? And then perhaps they might do a market study too. So I wanna share today a couple different strategies that I use to affect both of these things what my future value of my building's gonna be and how to show my market analysis, the rents that I'm gonna charge and say, hey, here are the numbers that I am predicting and make sure that the appraiser is not gonna come up with something totally different and sabotage my deal. Because that actually may happen. In all types of real estate transactions, when an appraisal is needed, if that appraisal comes in really bad, it might negatively affect your deal. It literally could blow up the deal where the lender says, hey, this is not something we're interested in. We don't see the numbers on this. We are pulling back out. Or they may say, you know what? We can do the deal, but ultimately your future value, the appraised value is what we're gonna be lending on and it came in way low. So we will lend a certain percentage, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90% of that value, not of the value that we told you in the proposal right? Because that was a big assumption. We gave you this proposal detailing all the loan and everything, but that was based on an assumption of what the value is going to be. If that value did not come in, if that assumption was wildly wrong, then you know what? You may have a deal that is not workable anymore. 
it puts you in a position where you may say, well, you know what? I either need to come to the table with more capital to do this deal, or perhaps I need to start over, find a new lender, go through the process again, get a new appraisal, and then decide, do I want to do this over again? Because your bank, they may say, hey, it's okay for you to go get a new appraisal, and we'll throw out the first one. There's a strong chance they're not going to do that, and they're going to take some type of consideration to this first appraisal if it came in low. So it may be, hey, I have to you know, go find a whole new lender now to, to really start over again. Another thing that may come into play if this appraisal comes in really low is they may require additional collateral, right? Above what they're going to lend you, if the property is the bank's collateral and you want to borrow a certain amount of money and that collateral is not high enough, then they're going to want additional collateral, right? That means you may have to bring in other pieces of property, your primary residence, rental properties, maybe a, a life insurance policy. It may be your properties or maybe an investor's properties. But ultimately, if you're not in a position where you have additional capital for a down payment and or additional collateral to cover the lower appraisal, then it may be a situation where you can't move forward. You literally have to scrap the deal. You spent all this time and money and effort, and it may be just a dead deal unless you can go and rekindle it and find a whole new lender, um, get a whole new appraisal. And again, you know, each one of these commercial appraisals, they cost five to $10,000. So I want to stress how important it is to take this part of the process really seriously and actually to do your own homework to set your appraisal up for success. But before we get into the strategies and the tips that I use to prepare for my appraisal, let's talk about these appraisers. Who are they? Where are they coming from? What kind of experience do they have? Now, ultimately, you don't get to pick your appraiser, right? Even the bank, they don't get to pick their appraiser. They're going to have a group, an appraisal company that has a list of approved appraisers that they continue to work with. And I've seen in my experience for assisted living, I've seen commercial local appraisals that have come out and done my assisted living. And I've seen a national company where they have people in that niche, meaning that they just do senior living, senior care, assisted livings, independent livings, nursing homes, and all of those kind of things in that niche. But they're on a national level where they're literally doing these across the entire country. So there's pros and cons here. Do you want to have somebody local who's actually going to show up and knows your city, your county, the part of the state that you're in with all of those comps, but they may not be specific to senior living, right? They may do all sorts of commercial real estate appraisals, and so they might not have really have a grasp on the difference between the real estate portion of this and the business portion of this, because depending on the type of loan you get, they may just do the real estate or they may add value to the business and say, hey, your real estate is worth this and your business will be worth this, depending on your market study and other things there. Now, it would be ideal if you can find someone local who also had expertise or experience on running appraisals for assisted living and other end-of-life housing. But again, you don't get to pick who your people are, right? So you talk to your lender, see who they are going to work with because a national bank may have a national list of appraisers that focus on this, right? Especially if you're working with a national lender whose niche is senior housing. They may have someone who knows this niche really well, and I've had those type of appraisals come out. Or on the local side, if you went to your local commercial bank and you said, hey, let's let's do this um, 
you know, this loan here, they may pull a local commercial appraiser who has all sorts of different type of appraisal experience. And this may literally be the first assisted living that they've done, right? I've had that situation as well. So there's pros and cons to both these things. So if you get a local appraiser, they may know your market. They may know which neighborhoods are good, which neighborhoods are affluent versus non-affluent, but they may not know the industry. They may not know the different levels of care or the different license type or what's really expected. They may not have the experience to say, here's going to be what the value of the real estate is. And I know what the value of the business is, right? Because sometimes you may have an alone that is just on the real estate, or you may have a loan for the real estate and the business. So this is really important to be able to quantify for them so they know exactly what to compare. Now, if you have the national person, the national person hopefully has this niche, this senior living space, right? They're doing assisted livings, they're doing independent livings, they're doing the big smelly facilities, they're doing the small RALs. They see all of it and they understand that there's a value to the real estate and there's a value to the business, but they may not know your market. If you say I'm in this part of the city, they may not know that that is the best part of the city, and they may look at comps from the worst part of the city and have no idea. They may just be looking on websites, on, on Google Street View, and not know that, hey, you know, this over here, I can charge easily $1,500 a month more because I'm in this part of town. Right? It's totally different than this other part of town. They may not know these things. So it's so vital that you do homework, that you prepare for this appraisal. So I mentioned one of the tools that I create, and I talk about this idea of the different levels of care, right? Where on the very lightest level of care, there may be independent living, right? That may be like more apartment style, golden girls, where they're barely doing any care and work. They may have kind of community meals or housekeeping but there's not nurses, there's not doctors, there's not home health hospice, all that kind of stuff. They're not doing memory care and dementia. Like it's very much um, independent apartment style living, right? So not a lot of care needs there. Therefore, a reasonable expectation is it may be the cheapest of all of these options. Then from there, there may be assisted living. And assisted living, there's usually kind of two classifications for assisted living, right? There's lighter care, lighter ADLs for assisted living, and then there's usually more advanced. And I'm in Texas, and Texas has two different license types. They have a type A and a type B. And you can kind of simplify it and say, okay, type A is lighter care needs. It's not end-of-life care. If somebody declines, they need to move out of type A, and they need to move into a type B. So you can take that assisted living side, and I made sure I was very clear on this when I created this document. If, if you're going to put me in assisted living, know that there are some of them, and here is the actual license type here in this state. If it says this, expect that I am superior to them in the amount of care needs I am that I provide, and therefore my pricing should also be superior to that. So I got assisted living. For me in Texas, type A, and then I distinguish between type B, and I can write out what the code and what the requirements are. Then I documented memory care or certified Alzheimer's units, right? The term is kind of used interchangeably here in Texas, but there is a, an additional certification for an Alzheimer's unit. And ultimately, it's a secure lockdown unit. The building is a little bit different. The policies, procedures for the licensure is a little bit different, and there is definitely 
a different level of care. Care is much higher if you need memory care services, dementia services for your residents, and therefore the pricing is also much higher. If you're going to compare to assisted living, memory care is you know, $1,000 a month more, $1,500 a month more, right? So if you're going to compare me to some of these other assisted livings in the area, check the license type. Check if they offer memory care services or not. Check if they have that additional Alzheimer's certificate. And I want to be very clear, and I was with my tools, here, this is me, right? I am a small type B. I offer end-of-life care, and I specialize in memory care, in dementia, and we have an Alzheimer's certificate, Therefore, my pricing is higher than all of these. Don't compare me to these because that's apples to oranges. All right, so I put all of that in there and then past me, right, on the higher end of, of the spectrum are nursing homes and SNFs, right? And I identified those. Those have an old, their own license type and that is superior to me as far as care needs and therefore probably superior to me as far as pricing as well. So I think this part of it, this tool was really, really vital to the success of my appraisal. I want to make sure that my appraiser can compare apples to apples, right? If he looks at me, first off, I'm telling him specifically, I'm writing in this document, everything about my niche, what I do and how I'm not comparable to some of these other places. But if he is checking, because obviously assisted livings have a license Nursing home have a license, independents have a license, and they can actually see what those license types are when they pull this information, right? So I want him to compare my license type to other people who have my license type, right? Apples to apples. So the other tool, the homework that I did prior to meeting with my appraiser is I did my own market analysis. Now, it's part of the appraiser's job to do their own market analysis, right? They're going to pull comps and they're going to call all the assisted livings around and they're going to find out what the occupancy is and what the bed rates are, specifically if they are putting a value to the business. If they're just looking at the real estate, they may not look at that component. But if they are estimating the value of the business and they're going to look at cash flow, then they're definitely going to be doing a market analysis. And this is essentially what they do. They're going to pull a list of all the assisted livings in the area, and then they're going to call them and they're going to Google search the website, right? They're going to call and the person at the front desk is going to answer and they're going to give them the most basic information. They're going to tell them, hey, you know, we start at 6,500 and they may say, oh, we go up to, you know, 8,000 or something, or they may not. They may just say we started at 6,500. This may be all a cart with levels of care, or it may be all inclusive pricing, the appraiser may not get that information. They may call, and oftentimes in the big facilities, nobody answers, right? They make it, oh, you need to talk to our sales and marketing person. Let me put you through to her office. And then nobody calls back, right? Like they can't get a hold of them. And that's pretty common. So they're going to take information. Again, if you're talking about a national person who is not familiar with the city or your, your region, they may have no idea. They've probably never been to these buildings. That would be the same for a local person, a local commercial appraiser who does all sorts of different businesses may not have been into these other assisted livings, right? That may have never come across their desk. 
So what they're gonna do is they'll look at the website and ultimately they're gonna see a bunch of stock photos. That's probably not even the building, right? There may be one outside shot of the building and then a bunch of smiling 70 year old ladies who are definitely not in the assisted living who are a bunch of stock photos. And they're gonna be like, oh, this place looks really nice. Okay, I'm calling and oh, the bed rates start at you know 6,500 and this place is super nice. But if they went in person, they would walk through the front door and be like, oh, this place is gross and outdated and it smells disgusting. And like, oh, their care actually is 6,500, but that's the barest minimum. And then the levels of care, especially if we're talking end of life and memory care, puts you up to $8,000 plus, right? Like there's a whole huge picture of this that they are missing. So they may not have that local expertise to be able to figure that information out. But I, I have that opportunity. I can do that market research. And if I'm operating in this area, I should know all my competition, right? I've probably talked to them at lots of different meetings. Or if I'm looking to open my first assisted living, I should have already secret shop all these people. So I want to kind of expand on my secret shopping, do my own market research. And I want to ultimately submit this to the appraiser. And here's what I am looking for. I want to go in in person if I have not been there already. Now, for me, I know my market. I've been operating here for several years. I've been to all these big, smelly facilities already. I did not go back again, but I did call them, and I talked to the sales and the marketing person, and I said, hey, I'm looking for this. You know, I I have someone who, if I want to compare pricing, you know, for what's a private room with a private bath, because that's what I'm going to have. I don't care about the shared room prices if I'm not going to have shared rooms. I want to compare apples to apples. So, Private room, private bath, that's what I have. So what's the pricing on that? And what is the pricing for end of life and for memory care? Because ultimately, that's what my product is. I want to do my own research, find out what is my competition's pricing for the exact same product. And then I roughly want to find out how full are they, right? Do they have a wait list? Do they have a lot of open beds? I want to gather both of these pieces of information. And then when I'm building out my market analysis on the computer, I'm writing all of these things out. Here's comp number one. It is this name, this license type, this many beds. Their pricing is this amount for a private room just like mine. Square footage is very similar. And I've walked through this building. It is beautiful. It is new. Or I've walked through this building. It is terrible and outdated and it was built in the 60s or you know, this facility is known for the worst care in our city. And I've actually written in there several times, right? Because a lot of these big facilities are terrible care and they have terrible reputations. So I put all these things in there and I went through and I put, I did like 10 of them. I think I did pretty much all of them in, you know, my greater area, the big smelly facilities and the dinky little RALs. I put everybody in there, but I was highlighting specifically here's apples to apples. And if they did not have comparable things to me. If they were a six bed with shared rooms and they're charging 4,500, I didn't put them in, right? Because there was no similar product. I am saying, here's my new construction mansion, private rooms, private bath, a chef, a manager on site. It's the best of this product. Who else has that, right? That's what I'm looking for. I'm comparing to that. And if there was somebody who had similar but less, I noted what the difference was. So these were the two things that I spent some time building out even before I was in contact with my appraiser. And you may ask, well, Brett, you're not supposed to be in contact with your appraiser. Well, I made sure that I was in contact with my appraiser. I told this person, first off, there's a gate at the property. I need you to contact me to let you in, right? Like it doesn't matter how, if there's a gate or not a gate, right? Like 
you need access. You There's some kind of code. There is something that I have to show you how to get in there. So I need to meet you there because ultimately I want to meet the appraiser there. I want to hand them this package that I've created. I want to additionally email them this package that I've created and I want to sell my product. I want to sell what I do. So every time I've had one of these appraisals on my assisted livings, I've met the appraiser there. And when I had the national appraisal company come that specializes in end of life assisted living, the appraiser, he was in like Georgia or something. And he was like, no, I'm not planning on coming. Just send me your info and I'll look at Google Street View. And I'm like, uh, that's not really good enough. I emailed my bank. I'm like, hey, this guy does not plan on coming. Like, I want to find someone who's actually going to come. And they emailed the appraiser back and he's like, okay, well, he can come if you pay him an extra two grand. I'm like, I am for sure paying an extra two grand, right? So his fee went from like 5,700 to 7,700, something roughly like that. I'm like, I'm happy to pay it, right? So we scheduled a time. He flew into Austin, scheduled a time to meet, and I met him at Platinum Resort, right? The assisted living that I currently own and operate. And we sat down there um, after touring him. I toured him. I showed him everything that we do. We talked about what our niche is, that we offer all the care and amenities of the Big Smelly facility in a custom-built mansion that's luxurious and new. So we walked through it. Um, I showed him what we do, and then we sat down, and I showed him all the new construction plants, right? This appraisal was for ground-up new construction assisted living neighborhood, right? Each of these 10,000 square feet, 16-bedroom, 17-bath mansions that we're building. And I said, okay, here's what we want to do. And I did it in my assisted living to give context. It's going to be similar to this, but bigger. It's going to be just like this, but more elaborate, right? Like, And I was showing him and really talking through all the distinctions between what I do, the mansions, and a small box. And I was very clear, like, hey, you know, you've probably seen these small boxes. They build them all over the place. They may be 16 beds, but they're just a small facility, right? They still, you walk in the front door, you have a nurse's station there, it's smelly, you have a parking lot on the front with a red curb, it's just another facility, but small. Like, I'm not doing that. We are custom designing these, and we talked through all the architectural plans, the engineering plans, and I showed them, this is what we've designed. It's going to be elaborate, it's going to be gorgeous, it's going to look like a boutique hotel, and he was so impressed. But then from there, we went and drove over to our vacant land, right? So the project that we're about to break ground on, we're like, okay, we drove around. He got in my Bronco and we started driving around and I'm showing him the site plans. I'm like, all right, listen, so we're going to put mansion, uh, you know, two and three over here. We're going to put mansion one and two over here. I'm going to build this big old gazebo in the front here. We have like kind of a community HOA area here in the front. And I was showing him the elevations. We were talking through the site plan so he could see where everything was. And I just kind of created an entire picture for him. This is not going to be like the other comps. This is going to be the best of the best. All the little small boxes don't apply. But you know what? You saw what they what they built. You saw what their numbers are. Okay, here is, we're similar to that plus, you know, plus or better. So kind of keep that in mind as you're going through this. And I have the advantage of operating in the exact same city, right? We have our 16 bed, just like eight minutes away from our new project. And so we walk through it and I said like, here, we are charging $8,000. I'm showing you the rooms. This room is 8,000. This room is 8,000, right? Like we are going to be at least at that amount. And then, so we talk through our performa, right? Here's all of my plans. And then here's the associated budgets with it. This is what I'm spending to build the mansions. This is what I'm paying for site work and all these things. Here's what my uh, income is going to be right. We're going to be we'll start conservatively at eight thousand. That's what we're already paying for a smaller room. 
Um, but I anticipate we'll be nine, ten thousand by the time we open. And we talked through all of our cash flow. We talked about all of those numbers. And ultimately, that's really important. The appraiser needs to see your financials. They need to see if you're building new construction, all of the plans and all of those numbers. They want to review all of those things. So I use that to my advantage and I sold my vision. Here's what we are doing. And I had this awesome appraisal amount back, right? We're ultimately building at about 2.2 million in hard costs for the land and the building, not counting uh, additional funds that we're borrowing for soft costs. And our hard numbers came back, the building at about 5.5 million for each building, right? Not for not for our neighborhood total, but for each of these mansions. So there was an additional $3 million of real estate value there. That's not counting the business. The business was valued at an extra million dollars per mansion. So I literally have this future value that was presented to my bank saying, hey, you know what? Okay, Brett's building at 2.2 million. You have this future value of, uh, I wanna say it was 6.4 million per mansion. And we're, we're starting by building two and then we're gonna build two more after the fact, but our bank was so stoked, right? I'm making their job easy because they came back to me and said, okay, Brett, your appraisal came back great. Um, and where there's no additional collateral needs, you you know, you're fine on that front. You're fine with the valuation. You know, we're ready to move forward and go into underwriting. I spent this time, right? It was a few hours of my time, but you know what? It was so well worth it. This right here set my deal up for success. And if I didn't do this work, Honestly, I think I'm really rolling the dice because you have either one of two things, somebody who knows this niche who does not know your location or perhaps the opposite, someone who does know your location, but they don't understand the niche and they may think independent living when they hear what you do, right? They may have no idea what your niche is. So it's so, so important that I stress to you, you got to do some of these tasks. You got to build out these things. And ultimately my objective is I want to do the appraiser's homework for them and then politely give it to them and say, hey, you know, here's here's what I did, right? And I'd love to tell you all about it and make sure you actually get in contact with these people. Well, that is it for today, talking about appraisals. If you wanna learn more about this, how to build your own assisted living mansion, I have a free foundations training. I teach you through 17 different modules from start to finish. Click on the link below to sign up. It is absolutely free.